Have you ever wondered where you really stand with God? Are you overcome with feelings of guilt because of things you've done wrong? Are you tired of religion that focuses on rules that you can't keep? Have we got good news for you? It's time to listen in on some casual conversation with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski and discover what true freedom is all about. This is Growing in Grace. Howdy there indeed, it's Growing in Grace. And we thank you for joining us, listening in as we uh, have kind of a casual conversation about God's grace and his love and his mercy. I'm Joel Brzezinski, Mike the Cap Kapler is with me. Hope things are going uh, well with you these days, Cap. Looking forward to sitting down again here and just sharing some more uh, some more nuggets of God's goodness here with you. Yeah, it's fun. And uh, thank you to those of you who, and we know life is busy, but uh, some of you have, have been so kind as to uh, email us. There's some really cool things that God is doing out there in the lives of people, and we're kind of humbled just to have a small part in that. So we're glad that God is becoming to you what what he should be. I mean, there's just so much that we don't get sometimes when things become revealed to you about God's goodness and his relationship with you. That is always a positive thing. And, and if you picked up some nuggets here on our Growing in Grace podcasts, thanks for letting us know because that keeps us encouraged too. And, and encouraging one another, that, that's a good thing. Yeah, it's it's one thing that we're called to do, you know, encourage one another love one another and uh, things like that. And I don't think those are just empty exhortations in the Bible. I don't think Paul just, well, let me find some principles that these people should live by. But I think he knew that we need to encourage each other. And even in Hebrews 10, where it talks about, you know, not forsaking, assembling together, I I think that's all about encouraging one another. It's not about uh, making sure you get to church every week. Although if you do go to church every week and you love it, that's wonderful. But the whole idea behind it is that we need each other. We're a body. The body is a unit. It's, you know, it says in Romans 12, in the NIV, it says the body is a unit made up of many different parts. These parts interact with each other, with Christ as the head, and we need each other, and we need to encourage each other. So that's that's really good stuff there, Cap. Well, last week, Joel, we talked about Hebrews 11, uh, the great people of faith from the Old Testament, some people who did some bad stuff, but God continued to use them. In spite of their mistakes, their failures, their sins, something that didn't change was their identity. And something else that didn't change was how God was going to continue to use them. That is true with you today, even more so under the the cross of the new covenant. And with that in mind, based on what we talked about last week, and if if you didn't get a chance to listen, just go to uh, our website where all of our old programs are archived at growingingrace.org. But we we, uh, mentioned at the end of last week's program that we would touch on something that's very important that br- because this brings people down, and I experienced it, so did you, and most of our listeners have too, and maybe some are going through it right now, and that is this. God is not angry with you, okay? I'm not sure he ever was angry with you, mm-hmm. but listen, under this new covenant of Christ's blood, God is not angry with you anymore. I don't care what you've done, all right? Forget about it. Because, you see, God's reaction to you and me isn't based upon how well we think we can live the Christian life. It's not based on how good we live. It's not based on how poorly we live. He does not react to us through those things. He reacts to us through his son, Jesus Christ, 
and our belief in this risen Savior. Now, his anger, I believe, Joel, was poured out. His anger, his, his, the judgment against sin was poured out on his son, Jesus Christ. In fact, the book of Isaiah tells us that it, it pleased God to scourge him. It was God who did it, and it pleased him to do so. And so th there Jesus took the beating for all of mankind for all time when it came to the issue of sin and God's anger and judgment being satisfied. Mm-hmm. Yep, indeed. It's it's all been poured out on Christ, and that's uh, that's uh, it, at the time it wasn't such a wonderful thing. It didn't seem like it anyway. But it was God saving people. <laughs> I mean, that's what it amounted to. God was, like you say, he was like Isaiah says, he, he was pleased to do that, uh, all because of his great love for us. And at the uh, at the risk of sounding like uh, Joel Osteen here. Um, the difference between God being angry with us when we sin and God uh, not being angry with us when we sin is that what I believe that God is about in, in regards to his relationship with us, he is about wanting his best for us. You know, it's not as if there's this perfect plan. I don't believe that there's this just this perfect plan that we were supposed to go by this perfect plan. Day one, God had this plan for us. Day two, God had this plan for us. Not necessarily like that, but he's got uh, an abundant life that he has prepared for us to live. And when we do things that don't line up with the abundant life, which involves all kinds of things, not just not sinning, but when we do things, I, th I think he's unhappy, not with us, but with the fact that we're not living out his best for us, his good purpose for us. Bottom line here, what I'm trying to say here is that he's not angry with us, but I think that he's saddened when we make choices that don't line up with what could be really a good life for us that he, that he would love for us to have. He has provided everything that we, that he, that we need for a, a good life. And so it's not so much that he's angry and like, I'm, I'm going to get them back for that. But he's like, man, you know, I just, uh, I want the best for you. And so here's the tools that I've given you, uh, so to speak, my grace, my love, my very life that's in you. And this is what I want you to live from. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, Paul said that, look, all things are lawful now. We're in this new covenant. It's not based on doing right and wrong. It's, it's not based on what I do or don't do, uh, be it good or bad. It's all things are, uh, are lawful but not all things are profitable or, or helpful. And so, yeah, there are times where I think God probably, as you said, Joel, he probably is saddened that we aren't experiencing the fullness of this life sometimes. Uh, as I said last week, the, the life is ours. We have it completely. It's just that sometimes we don't always experience it. And sometimes in this life, the decisions that we make can have an effect on others. Having said that, one thing that was nailed to the cross, among others, was condemnation. Condemnation and guilt should have no place in the life of a Christian. So that kind of weaves in with what we're talking about here, that God is no longer angry with you. That's good news. He no longer condemns you. That's good news. It's, it should be non-existent in the life of any believer. It should be. I mean, just, I mean, it was nailed. The condemnation was taken away. And uh, don't get wallowing around in that stuff. That, that is what causes more people not to experience the fullness of, of the life that lives in them now. 
is condemnation and guilt. So get away from that and uh, realize that God has declared peace with you and me. Yeah, there is no condemnation for not being able to live the Christian life. <laughs> I, I read that somewhere uh, today, and, and that just really spoke <laughs> to me, because we can't. You know, it's we cannot live the Christian life. Only one person ever has done that. That's the Lord Jesus Christ, and, and he lives in us, and he lives to live that life in and through us and uh you know to walk in in the the thing the good things that god has planned beforehand that we should walk in them and and that just you know uh that reminds me of uh just this whole thing that the the christian life we we tend to think of it uh, many churches many christians in the united states and probably around the world live with this mindset that the christian life is all about not sinning it's like I got to get up every day and, and I got to do whatever I can do to make sure that I don't sin. And I was I was watching a baseball game the other day, Cap. My beloved Cardinals, they're going up against the uh, the Houston Astros. Well, well anyway, the uh, the announcers on uh, on the Cardinals team they uh, have both played baseball in the past, and so when they're watching the game and, and announcing the game, they see things that are happening in the players' minds, so to speak, and on the field that the casual viewer wouldn't see. Well, anyway, the Houston pitcher had been doing pretty well. He'd been uh, he, no runs had scored against him so far, and in, after several innings, suddenly he found himself in a jam with I think two or three players on base and. What the what these uh, announcers noticed in him, in the way that he was pitching, was that he started off the game confident, comfortable, throwing good pitches. Suddenly he had made a few mistakes, he found himself in a jam, and now, and here's what they said, this pitcher was trying all that he could do to not make a mistake. In other words, they said, he's thinking to himself, what mistake don't I want to make now? Instead of how he had started the game, this is how I want to pitch, and I'm going to throw this pitch, I'm going to do good. I'm going to throw this pitch, I'm going to throw that pitch. His focus had changed from what he knew he could do to, my goodness, uh, I've messed up, and, and, and how do I not make that mistake? And the point here, of course, that I'm trying to make is that in our lives in Christ, we start off maybe confidently trusting in the grace of God and in his life, in the wonder of who he is and the new creation that he's made us to be. And then we mess up, we find ourselves slipping or falling in some way, and all of a sudden our life becomes focused on sin, 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 instead of focusing on the identity that we have in Christ, the true identity that we have, the goodness of God, and everything good that he's given us. And so that illustration helped me to just realize that, you know what, we need to get focused back on Christ and not on our sin. That's not what life in Christ is about. Yeah, when you started talking about baseball and good pitching, I'm a Cubs fan. You, you lost me completely. <laughs> I mean, uh, I, I, I couldn't follow at all, but... Uh, Seriously, you had a good point, though, because just focusing on not sinning, guess what that's going to do? It's going to cause you to gravitate towards sinning. Mm -hmm. By trying not to sin, it's actually going to lure you into sinning because you're always going to be trying to resist not doing something. And you know what that does? That actually causes, it entices you to sin. Yeah. We'll talk more about that next week, but I wanted to just mention that because I can remember a preacher, Joel, from years ago, a television preacher. He was always preaching against certain things, uh, and I, I won't even get specific right now because we're running out of time, but he would always preach against this. 
or against that. And one thing in particular, he later got caught, the headline in the newspaper, uh, you know, fallen preacher, uh, got caught doing the very thing he was preaching people not to do. And so what you were talking about with the picture there, I think, sort of relates to that, because when people try to focus or tell other people what not to do, they often become a slave to it themselves. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's the truth. And when you when your focus is on not sinning, your focus ends up being on sin. And, and instead of, and this is the glorious gospel, the, the wonderful thing about the gospel is that we've become new creations and that we have the, the life of Christ in us. And so when we lose yep. our focus on that, uh, and when we start focusing on trying not to sin, and all these things, you know, like you, like you say, I mean, it, it just entices us and draws us into that which we don't want to do. Well, anyway... Yeah, it's, Joel, Joel it's, yeah. a, it's a righteousness conscious, not a sin consciousness. Exactly. That is what it's all about. That's what the life in Christ is about. A righteousness consciousness. Let's... Yeah. Know, <laughs> can we say... Uh, Three times fast. Yeah, really. But focusing on the righteousness of God that we really, truly are, and... Uh, not focusing on sin. Well, this has been another episode in which we've been talking about some uh, game changers, some things that have uh, made the lights, light bulbs go on on top of our heads, and uh, we've got some more to share in the coming weeks right here on Growing in Grace. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski, heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. To access hundreds of past programs, visit graceroots.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more growing in grace.